Hello, Oregon. It's Monday, May 4th. This is Elliot News with a news briefing from The Oregonian and Oregon Live. State officials have a long to-do list before gradually allowing businesses in the state to reopen, but those plans took a step forward on Friday. Oregon Governor Kate Brown unveiled several new initiatives to beef up testing and contact tracing. They include a study of 10,000 randomly selected Oregonians with the goal of spotting infections early among people without symptoms. Some rural counties with few infections could begin reopening as soon as May 15th, although the timeline for the Portland metro area remains unclear. Demonstrators nonetheless flocked to the state capitol on Saturday in the latest in a series of national protests demanding governors ease social distancing restrictions meant to curb the spread of the coronavirus. Organizers of Oregon's demonstration told The Oregonian and Oregon Live that they view the social distancing mandates issued by Brown as government overreach. Despite the visible protests, polling suggests a large majority of Oregonians support Brown's stay-at-home order. The number of Oregonians sick enough to be hospitalized with the coronavirus hit a new low on Sunday, with state officials reporting 92 active hospitalizations. That number represents a significant drop of more than 40% from the 156 reported hospitalizations on April 8th, the first day state officials disclosed active hospitalizations for confirmed cases of COVID-19. Hospitalizations have been heading downward almost ever since. The tally dipped below 100 for the first time on Saturday. Among the 92 Oregonians currently hospitalized with COVID-19, some are very ill. State statistics show 33 are in intensive care and 18 require ventilators to help them breathe. But the overall decrease in hospitalizations in recent weeks means fewer people are being admitted with new cases of coronavirus, even after accounting for deaths. Despite a landmark state Supreme Court decision, Oregon political candidates can continue to accept contributions that vastly exceed the caps voters approved in 2006. Secretary of State Bev Clarno, and Attorney General Ellen Rosenblum, respectively a Republican and a Democrat, concluded that the Supreme Court's ruling on Portland metro area contribution limits does not revive the state-level limits that Oregon voters approved under Measure 47 in 2006. Their reasoning, coming in the last days before the May 19th primary election, is unclear. Clarno's staff said only that her decision was based on an opinion from the Department of Justice, and a Department of Justice spokeswoman said the agency issued a verbal opinion. In Portland, a judge ruled Mayor Ted Wheeler can keep spending large campaign contributions that exceeded local voter-approved caps in his re-election bid. A new study found that an outsized share of people of color in Portland live within two kilometers of the city's ten biggest sources of air pollution. The research was conducted by the Urban Studies and Planning School at Portland State University. Their proximity to these big polluters makes these minority populations especially vulnerable to chronic health conditions. That could in turn make them more vulnerable to COVID-19, the disease caused by the coronavirus, though researchers began processing the data long before the coronavirus had grown into a global pandemic. A separate Portland State University study found that certain types of air pollution have fallen precipitously in the Portland area since the coronavirus pandemic forced residents to drastically curtail travel. However, the dip is unlikely to make a major dent in the carbon dioxide levels on a longer scale that would help prevent the worst impacts of climate change. Federal coronavirus rescue loans have allowed employers to recall some laid-off employees, 
but that's put some of the workers in a bind. In some cases, workers who are collecting unemployment benefits are being called back to work with reduced hours or pay. If they go back, they'll have to absorb the cut, and if they decline, their unemployment is considered voluntary, and they'll no longer be eligible for unemployment benefits. Nearly 19,000 Oregon businesses received loans totaling $3.8 billion in the first round of funding that ended April 16th. Congress replenished the program with another $310 billion last week. Business owners say they're being forced to choose between making their employees take a pay cut or risk their business by holding the loan money in reserve until they can fully reopen, without knowing when that might be or what their business might look like. Shootings are on the rise in Portland, and police don't know why. As of Tuesday, police responded to 167 shootings, and 37 people had been wounded by gunfire so far this year. That compares to 128 shootings and 19 people hit by bullets at this time last year. Portland police say they are not sure what's driving the increase, though a dramatic spike occurred after Governor Kate Brown declared a state of emergency and issued a stay-at-home order in March. However, shootings later subsided. At the same time, there have been fewer deadly shootings, two compared to eight at this time last year. The city of Portland officially recognized South Portland on Friday, changing more than 6,000 addresses located east of Southwest NATO Parkway, but west of the Willamette River. Those addresses were previously recognized as part of Southwest Portland, but each address began with a leading zero to differentiate them from those west of NATO Parkway. That caused havoc for delivery drivers and, more seriously, emergency responders. The change, which has been in the works for two years, is the largest readdressing effort in Portland since the Great Renumbering in 1931, when Portland was first divided into five sections. Thanks for listening. For more news, pick up a copy of The Oregonian or visit OregonLive.com. Thank you.